Welcome to the ABCs to live your dope life. This is an opportunity to be a fly on the wall while I engage with some of the most fascinating, inspiring, and brilliant people I know who have played a direct or indirect role in my own healing and continued growth process. The change process is not easy, comfortable, or nearly as fast as so many of us wish it would be. And my hope with this podcast is to instill some playfulness, simple tools to practice, and ultimately, a place for you to recognize that you are not alone. A dope life is one that is aligned with who you truly desire to be, and a congruency between what is deep beneath the surface and what shows above the surface. It's the real, the raw, the complexities of our light and our shadows. The only thing that is ever truly in your way is you. Join me on this journey as we continue to grow stronger together. It's time to live your dope life. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am so pumped to be sitting across the screen from my good friend, Lucy Dunn. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Marin. I wish I could be with you in real life and give you a big hug. I know, hug. Oh, I feel it. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, well connected while seeing each other. Uh, so this already feels really good. And I miss you so much. It's been a long time. Mm. I miss you. How long, like, it's been a while since we've seen each other, but we've known each other now for like a decent amount of time, a couple of years at least. Yeah, uh, three years, I think now. Yeah. Which is wild. I still remember our, our first meeting very vividly. Same. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. One day mm-hmm. we'll go back to that cafe and we'll, we'll grab a cup of coffee again. Yeah. Oh, that feels so cool just to reminisce on how much has happened since we sat down and started jamming on what lights us up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. You were like just starting, like you were in the process of your book. Like I didn't, don't even think I had like a full, like a company or anything yet. Like we were just like, just mm. getting off of things. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause, uh, God, how old am I? <laughs> 34. Yeah. So three years ago would have been right when I was getting ready to publish the book. So yeah. 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 That's very fascinating. A lot happens in three years. A lot has happened. <laughs> hmm. Well, with that in mind, um, I were on season one with me and we did some introductions of how we know each other and, and what you do. And uh, I would just love to give you a little bit of space to to speak to that again, but in a in a new way, like what's what's new? Where are you now? How would you describe what it is you do and what lights you up? Yeah. Oh, what lights me up is pretty simple. It's. <laughs> inspiring inspiring other people is sort of when I put my head down at the end of the day on my pillow I'm like who did I inspire today and who did I empower today those are the two questions that I ask myself Mm. and I like seriously I was saying to you before this call like I have to pinch myself with the way that I get to live and what life holds right now Um, I'm currently living on Vancouver Island in Victoria my wife and I we bounce around to different that's what we're doing right now is bouncing around to different Airbnbs every single month so we got rid of absolutely everything we don't have any belongings except what we can fit on our backs and we just choose a new place every single month we check in for the 30 days and then we plan the next adventure and so far that's going really well for us Um, the way that obviously that 
works on the like how do you actually do that if you want to um so i own my own company it's online personal training at the core of it that's what it is so we do nutrition coaching strength training for women all around the world through our online platform but we have sort of a number of other layers to that so the community is a really big piece we do you know weekly coaching calls we are going to be starting something awesome with integrating these other sort of professionals coming in and teaching what they're experts and what they're passionate about and really we just focus on again i'll go back to it like inspiring and empowering those people to live their best life and it really comes back to my own weight loss struggles my own weight loss journey struggling with an eating disorder all of these things i truly believe happened because I needed to learn from them. I needed to go through them and grow through them. And I'm still every single day noticing little things where I'm like, is that something from, you know, past behaviors coming up? Or is this something that's just like, because I know and I'm educated. So there's all these different layers to it. But because I went through all of that, I now, you know, have this, I guess, like superpower to be able to help all of these women, because it's not just your crappy diet where you're following the boring you know, salads and chicken and all of that BS. And we're not just doing cardio on the treadmill. Like we do things differently. So we achieve these incredible results. And essentially that's what I get to wake up and do every single day. Um, but there's a lot of fun time in there as well, just with the way that it's been built and the way that it's structured um, because life is also for living and not just, I didn't want to just get to, you know, 60 and retire. I kind of was like, why do, why do I have to wait until I'm that old? Like, why can't I live an awesome life right now? So that's what I'm trying to do. And every day it's just like, get up and, and do, do your best with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Oh, you inspire me, Lucy. <laughs> I'm out to the island, Baron. Come on, it's the place to I be. Know. I know, I know. I was, uh, Andrew and I had talked about, as we, we said, we were going to come out and visit and then uh yeah with with the numbers of covid going up and down it's for us it's been so much easier just to stay closer to home so um but i do have other friends in victoria and Kelowna, uh and my grandparents live in victoria so we'll definitely be like it'll be happening soon yes i uh i love it and to be honest with you like this is going to sound so silly but like we were living in so we'd moved from calgary where we'd lived for like the last five years and then we were planning to go to australia that couldn't happen so then we'd already got rid of everything because we were like going to put our backpacks on our back and i'm like okay well now we don't have a house and now we don't have like anything so what are we gonna do so we moved to sort of you know this remote location and it's just wild because when we were sitting there Kelsey my wife had this little bit of a a breakdown of like I don't want to be here and it was a lot to do with the winter and the snow that was coming and like we got rid of all of that winter stuff ready to just be living in Mm -hmm. summer and so she sat down this couch crying and she's like I want to move I want to go somewhere and so then we pull up you know okay what are some of our options trying to explore this and we essentially just on a whim, like booked this place, not knowing where it was really. I didn't even know. Okay. This is going to sound so silly and I'm totally okay being vulnerable and sharing it. I didn't even know Vancouver Island was an Island because there are so many other places that have the word Island in them, like princess Island park, for example. And I just kind of in my head, whenever anyone had talked about it, it didn't sound like this kind of grand adventure to get there, like on boats and things like that. So I just had never clued in in my head that Victoria was kind of like on an Island. And so Mm. when we're like getting ready to leave, she's like, we should book the ferry ticket. And I'm like, what do you mean the ferry ticket? And she's like, well, (laughs) 
island. And I was like, wait, what? We're going to an actual island? So it's like, it's wild to think of just how life goes. And like, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't even need mm-hmm. to know where you're going. Just book the ticket and just go. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you just thought it was like a bridge. Like, you know, just walk across this bridge and we'll be on I Vancouver know, Island. I, I did, because so many people that you meet go or have family there. They make it sound all easy. It's actually like, you know, to get everything across, I'm like, this is way more of a... Like, it's this a big is, ferry. Yeah. It's, and it's like an hour and a half on the ferry. Like, it's all of these things that I was like, nobody has ever told me about any of this when they've been talking about going to Vancouver Island. So I just... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, big adventure indeed. Yeah, that's so sweet. You know, when you're you're talking even about the, uh, well, even what you just said, like, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to, like, just trust and go. And, and it also, this also aligns with what you were saying about this community that you've created that, you know, at its core, yeah, it's, it's personal training, but it's about the community and the empowerment. And one of the things that I really love looking at is anytime you know, to create change, you need to understand how to create change. And two aspects of creating change is self-efficacy and social support, right? So even just that adventure of you don't need to have it all figured out. Well, you guys are at that point where, you know, you're, you know yourselves. There's a self-efficacy of like, I trust and, and I have faith that I'm going to figure it out. And that is what allows you to counterbalance the discomfort of uncertainty, and then there's also this element of social support that you've built this community. You have these amazing friends. Like how supported do you feel, right? Like it just, it makes everything easier when you f- know that even if I fall, it's not going to be a long fall. Like there's people around me that, that catch me and support me and I, I'm holding hands with people and I'm catching them and supporting them. It just, everybody can grow so much easier when we, we have those kind of two pillars of, of change. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's where a little bit of the fear is taken away because, you know, in 15 or so days, we don't know where we're going to live. Mm. And we are trusting that every other time we have done something or done anything, it's worked out. And maybe it doesn't work out exactly how we envisioned it, but it always, always works out the best and it always worked out to be okay more than okay and you know the thoughts of okay what does christmas day look like and and all of these things because that's what what is next month is is what we're planning and so it's like to not know what that any of that looks like but just to trust that we have amazing people around us we have amazing people on these online worlds we have surrounded by nothing but love and and like people that give generously and and we do the same whenever we can for others and so I really do believe that that's a it's just a happy way to live like you wake up every single day in this positive space and I do believe that it doesn't happen overnight you got to work mm-hmm. to get there we could easily go into these negative loops of being like we don't have anything and like we could flip our situation very easily and turn it into a massive negative but instead oh, yeah. we're like this is the best and we're positive people. So we're just going to keep rolling in that direction. And mm-hmm. if there's ever a time where we start to probably like not love it, then we're, yeah, like you said, we're surrounded by such amazing people, yourself included of mm-hmm. people who are just willing to have a conversation or, or help out where they can. And, and that makes it less scary for sure. Totally. That's so good. Yeah. It feels nice. And you know, you're not alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. same to you, same to you. Like you've, you know, you've got all these tools and all of these things in your toolkit that potentially could, you know, allow you to live the happiest life in the world. But then you you have all these other layers to it as well. These people, these mm-hmm. communities, these places you inject yourself in, these passions that you follow, like it's all the sort of the same thing, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's like a massive amount of scaffolding that we've built in what is otherwise a very unknown, uncertain existence but there's mm. still, there's so much support that we can build for ourselves so that we can actually feel grounded within the equal and opposite truth of, I have no clue what could happen tomorrow or in the next moment, right? That can be overwhelming to the point of, of shutdown when that's all consuming or what you focus on, right? It's, yeah, I had a, a funny moment with Andrew, I think it was two days ago. I, uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time working on um, my own independence and just recognizing how we had developed a little bit of codependence for various reasons. And, you know, which is not all bad being in a relationship, being in love, like there will be a little bit of codependence that creeps in occasionally. And uh, so a couple of days ago, he, he ended up pointing out, or I was telling him he should read more of something. I can't remember what it was something along the lines of personal development and just being a little bit, uh, pushy in that moment of like you should oh yeah it was this breath book by James Nestor and I was like you need to read this you need to understand it and and he was like I don't have room in my brain for that he's like I all I do is you know he's a financial planner so he's like I want to know real world affairs I want to be up to date on what's happening I don't have time for this and 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 then he so he turned it back on me and he's like you should be learning about finances He's like, what if, what if I like die tomorrow? He's like, you're, you're going to be useless. Like he started, it was just really interesting of, of this perspective of like, you will not be able to function in the world if I'm not here to support you in, uh, in the world of finances. And in terms of just like, he takes care of our finances We're we're both um, financially successful in various ways. But uh, yeah, it was really neat to notice that and hear him say that. And then my response to him was like, I'll be fine. I was like, do you know how many people that I love and that love me and that I could just live in their basement for a little bit and like figure it out? Like I, there was no fear in me. And he was a little bit shocked of like, it sounds like you don't care if I die. I was like, no, I would care. I would, I would really be sad, but I also know I'll be fine. I'll be able to function. I'm not, I don't need you to survive like you know and, and and then I asked him like well what would you do if I died and he's like I would die the next day it's like okay there's still a little bit of codependence going on there but it it just was really good a uh, feeling for me to sit in that and watch his um kind of fear perspective and just recognize like yeah I'll have to get a new financial planner that's for sure uh but I'll be fine <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. You're hilarious. <laughs> Just like sitting over there being like, okay, what, what else do I need to do to keep Marin around? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why he makes dinner most nights. Yeah. Still some, well, and speaking of food, mm. uh, yeah, this is, you know, when we were connecting on what to chat about and, uh, I know in a lot of the, the videos you've been sharing, you've got a new YouTube channel, which I've seen some of the videos. It's very awesome. I love that you're doing that. Uh, your your information on macros um, is something that I really enjoy listening to. And, and for me, it's something that I need to be reminded of 
Um, and there's still more for me to learn, of course, when it comes to nutrition and, and macros in general. And, and then I was listening to one of my new neuroscientists, Andrew Huberman, and he shared this quote that serotonin, dopamine, acetylcholine, and oxytocin are the macronutrients of our experiences. And as soon as I heard that, knowing how much I love happy chemicals and how well-versed you are and wise when it comes to nutrition, I just felt like, oh, that's a really interesting correlation there. And as, as I mentioned to you, like, I don't know if this is really going to integrate, if there's going to be some parallels, um, but I, I love how adventurous you are and how willing you are to just kind of like dive in and see what happens in this conversation of what kind of dots we can connect or, or where there are gaps um, to just allow ourselves to be maybe in that place of like, I don't know, and just like see, see what happens from there. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm really excited to, to dive into that with you. And um, so I'll give you the, the stage here to share what you feel compelled to share when it comes to like, what are macronutrients? How does that show up in, in your coaching? any kind of trends or patterns you notice absolutely anything yeah oh this is loaded and i'm <laughs> so excited i love when our two worlds collide because i feel like our whole friendship and and we've worked together on a number of projects and like everything that we do even though we are in like somewhat separate worlds there's so many overlaps but when the yeah. one when the same word is used i'm like oh snap like we've got to yeah. talk about this um, <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, for people that are listening and they're like, I have no idea what they're even talking about right now, or that maybe they know way more on your world and the macronutrients and, and how that's like mm. all playing into, you know, when our, when our brain is releasing those happy chemicals and all sorts of fun things there on the food side for people who have like no idea what this is about, because to be honest, you know, 90% of my clients are they've maybe heard the word before, but when asked to explain what it is or define it or what that would look like for their life, it's, you know, no idea. And that's okay because mm -hmm. it's part of, I guess, our culture as much as something, for example, the word calories. When I say calories to people, all of a sudden they, things come to their mind. They either know how many they should be eating. They know that they should, you know, potentially be eating less than they're burning every day if they want to lose weight. Like they've, they tried this program one time and it had this many calories included on it. Like this is the sort of lingo that's coming up when we're talking calories. When we talk macronutrients, it's kind of like blank faces and, and sort of this confusion, this very confusing world. And that's in my opinion, because it is a little bit more complex. And so yeah. just to break it down in a really simple state, way um, our macronutrients are made up of our proteins our carbohydrates and our fats this essentially these three things essentially make up what we're seeing it's like if you had a mathematical equation it would be proteins plus fats plus carbs equals calories and then in terms calories is actually just energy so it's how our body is converting what we're consuming to energy and what that looks like is can you get up out of bed in the morning do you have mm -hmm. energy to do you have fuel inside you to convert to energy so you can go and do what you need to do in a day maybe that means going to the grocery store going to work 
like dropping kids off, all of these things, if we don't have anything in our system to convert to energy, nothing's going to be working for us. Not to mention all the other things that the body needs to do and perform to keep us in that happy, like optimal state. Those are just not going to happen, let alone the things that we need for energy, like, um, you know, the, the tasks that we need to perform in the day, your body's also going to show up in, you know, losing hair, bruising, um, mm skin funny colored skin huge bags under our eyes like all of these other things are going to show so there's like sort of these physical symptoms as well but on a simple level proteins fats and carbs is where it's at with macronutrients now every single person has a different level where their body will be the most happy and like satisfied and performing at its optimal state when you're consuming this certain ratio of macronutrients every okay. single person has a different level and so just to give you know some examples because people are mm -hmm. probably like with their mathematical equations um an example would be, you know, a 30 to 40% sort of carbohydrate split, a 30 to 40% protein split. And this is per day, like in your diet, and then like a 20 to 30% fat split. And so let's say you're consuming around 2000 calories a day, you would just take the percentage and 40% and of those should be from carbohydrates, 40% mm. From protein, 20% should be from fat. And so this sounds all complicated. There's lots of tools out there to make it a lot easier for people to actually learn and, and figure out what food has what in it. But mm -hmm. the biggest thing that I'm seeing is, especially for women, when we come from the counting calorie world, we are extremely undernourished. We are under eating for even our office jobs where we're sitting at a desk we need to be consuming more food and when we put attention to macronutrients not only are we often consuming a lot more food we're consuming a lot higher quality of food getting those nutrients in our system that our body is like okay this is what's up i feel good and that translates to what your goals are for a lot of people mm -hmm. it is weight loss for a lot of people it is having more energy for a lot of people it's developing that toned muscle and so when we think about macronutrients it's just like this gold star program towards all of these other goals we're trying to achieve that we're just not going to get when we're looking at tracking 1200 1300 calories a day so i know i just like threw a lot but that's good it's it's such valuable information for people to learn about and i could talk about it all day every day and that's why i teach macronutrients inside of my programs not in a way that you need to become a full-blown you know nutritionist but in the way that you have an understanding around food in your body so that you can make incredible choices and so that you can experience incredible results yeah beautiful thank you for that uh when it comes to food in general is every type of food fits within those three categories like is there any other category that like garbage food or like really processed food fits into or is it all it all fits in it's all broken down in those three categories no matter what food it is great question so it's always going to be broken down in those categories the question is those junk foods and i'm doing quotation marks are mm -hmm. where will they show up with those macronutrients so potentially mm -hmm they will have zero grams of protein in them and things like right. this. So when we're looking about where we need to be to have our body happy with these macronutrient levels that we're consuming, it's not to say that we can't have those junk foods. It's not to say we right. can't have those, you know, less nutrient dense foods, but when we put some attention to it and we're trying to get, let's say 110 grams of protein in a day, unfortunately we're not going to get there if we just consume takeout delivery, those sorts of foods, we're never going to come close to that goal. 
we could have them. And then maybe we start our day a little bit differently with something that has 20, 30 grams of protein in it. All of a sudden we're already feeling a little bit different. And so mm-hmm. it's not to say that there's different categories. Um, there's micronutrients as well, which is our vitamins and minerals, which is just a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But I always say to people, focus on your macronutrients first all of a sudden when you're putting some attention towards it and what you're actually consuming and bumping up both the proteins, the fats and the carbohydrates to a level where you should be at, you will notice incredible changes versus, you know, the calories just don't tell the whole truth because something could say zero calories. It's got all sorts of other things layered into it. Um, And so to answer your question, it will always be broken down into those three categories. It's just where will your food fall in regards to how many grams it contains of those macros. Got it. Okay. And so what I'm hearing you say too, then is that, you know, knowing the calories is not, uh, it's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just not, it's not the whole truth. Because if you're just focused on calories, you're completely missing the more complex piece of the macronutrients. You could be getting your whole day's calories from just carbs or, you know, any of one of the categories. And then it's not balanced, even though you're technically hitting your calorie goal. 100%. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, a very, uh, very simple way of doing things and tracking things. But in my opinion, if you're already tracking calories some way, all of those tools that we're using, whether it's on your phone or, or even just an old school pen and paper, adding things up from nutrition labels, you're already, it's always there. Fat, protein, and carbs on whatever you're consuming, it has to be on that label. And so it's always going to be mm-hmm. there. So exactly like you say, if we're just tracking calories, we're missing this huge piece, this huge, amazing tool to actually give our body some other important nutrients that it needs. We're, when we're just tracking calories, we don't, we don't get that. And then unfortunately on top of that is that the way, um, you know, food guidelines and, and packaging and regulations these days, especially in North America, things can be labeled just in a little bit of a way where, you know, it is say zero calorie. And then there's, you know, all these other sugars and fillers added into it. So if we're just tracking calories, again, we're not get, we're not giving ourselves, we're not setting ourselves up to succeed with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So The other thing you said is that it's really important to understand what your goal is, because that will also dictate your potentially your balance of of what of those three macronutrients, um, what kind of balance you want to have, like you said, for uh, muscle gain, relaxation, um, loss, like that actually also helps dictate the equation for you. Okay. Yeah, everyone will have a different ratio. And that is based on goals. Because for some people, if, um, you know, we're talking about carbohydrates, for example, and how that breaks down and converts to energy inside the system, for some people, then we're actually more sensitive to those things. And they can't, they're, they can't convert it into energy as easily or as quickly or as effectively as other people. And so if you have a really high percentage of carbohydrates that you're intaking, you may, we may need to tweak some things where we're actually consuming a little bit more fat because your body's source of energy from that fat is going to be you know responding in a lot of it in a big different way and so when we when we look at these things everybody has different ratios and that's because like our bodies are so complex and there's all sorts of things happening and you and i for example if we eat the same amount of carbohydrates every day we're going to have completely different energy levels and so Mm -hmm. people need that different percentage based on what they're doing in their day what their goals are how their body metabolizes how it converts carbohydrates to energy and all those sorts of things Mm -hmm. okay yeah that makes a lot of sense so 
what you're saying as well is that it's your macronutrients that uh, are the building blocks of the quality of your life for the quality of your experience, the quality of your energy. It's all about your macronutrients. Oh, I got goosebumps when you said that. And that's just like so weird that I got goosebumps from a <laughs> sentence like that. But it really is. And the number one thing I don't want to, I feel like I'd be doing everyone listening to this a disservice if I didn't mention it. There's, you know, protein, it has kind of this bad rap in the fitness world. It has this like, people think that it means just slamming protein shakes and, and eating egg whites. And what I want to say to that is that it's such an important function inside of our body. And, you know, it makes up makes up a large part of our body is this muscle fiber. And so the protein is actually feeding that. And when we think about a long, happy, healthy life, we need that in our system. And so if you want, like switch it away from like wanting to get jacked or wanting to, you know, look toned or have a six pack. It's like, think about the quality of the life that you want to live and how you need this muscle fiber to be performing at a really optimal level. Give it some food in your protein. And the mm. other thing that, you know, it, it doesn't, it gets ignored in the whole nutrition space is it's the only thing that will tell the brain it feels full and that it feels satisfied. So if we're constantly opening another bag of chips or if we're having a bagel or if we're, you know, having these things to curb that hunger and they have very little amounts of protein in them, we're actually never telling our brain it's satisfied. It starts to then not trust us. It starts to then mm. go it shows up in different ways chemically because it's actually not satisfied. It's not getting what it needs and protein is responsible for that. And so I do just want to throw that out there that when we look at macronutrients, it forces us to pay some attention to these other um, very important components of nutrition. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm also curious when it comes to, you know, you coaching women um, when it, with the infradian cycle, and how, you know, right after the monthly bleed, it, you're more in a, um, like a spring phase, right? Where you're, everything's been reset. All the hormones are starting to build again in various ways. And it is like spring, right? And so we generally, uh, you know, we can relate the types of foods we eat to the, um, where we are in the season. So if it's spring, it's going to be, you know, lighter foods, but still roasting foods is good and uh, maybe moving a little slow, but starting new projects, building up the energy. And then we move into the next part of the cycle, which is summer. And that's just like fired up, feeling all the feelings, really energized. Technically, we don't need as many calories or um I don't know how macronutrients really play into this. I'm not super well versed in it, but we don't need as much food generally at that point of our cycle and then we move into fall where it like things start slowing down again we actually need more warm foods we need more calories in general uh, our movement patterns are going to start changing there we want to start wrapping up projects bring things to completion and then once the bleed starts again it's it's winter and that's when it's like, you know, you're not going to, you're actually not going to feel as social. Your energy is going to be a little lower and you actually need to ingest more food at that point. So there's this natural cycle that we move through each month that also is, is why women are so beautiful and complex, right? That the food that I need today is not actually necessarily what my body needs for my, my optimal health tomorrow. 
is that at this point, is that something that you, you support clients with to understand how complex their system really is? I would love to say, yes, this is something we dive into. It's not a focus inside of my program. Obviously there's tools and support and options for people to have these discussions on things mm. like coaching calls and inside their program with little things added in inside the app to help them be aware of these things. Mm. I would say more commonly what we're seeing is just a healthy discussion around it, whether that's inside of a Facebook group or whether that's just a, uh, in the chat bubble, um, you know, as far as their coach goes. And so what that looks like is that we don't, we don't deny ourselves of food. So if we are inside this eight week program, which is the only program that I offer, we, if we're hungry, we eat mm -hmm. and we just learn to make different choices when we are hungry. And so when our, you know, estrogen levels are different, when we're coming up to that time um, before our menstrual cycle, we are, we're, we're lower in energy, we're hungrier. And so we have to eat. But mm -hmm. what I'm a believer of is if we actually are very consistent with the macronutrients that you've been, you know, it's been determined that work best for you. If you have a lot of consistency around that, what you're actually going to notice is that your periods are different. They're actually Actually, mm -hmm. they are a lot nicer to, to deal with when even when you have more nutrients and vitamins and minerals in your body and there's especially certain foods that you can eat around your cycle to like support that but that's also going to translate into you know just feeling better in general less cramps less water retention those sorts of things so it's definitely trickled inside of the program to like mm -hmm. educate but it's not like a core pillar that we focus on and that's yeah. just because I never want to overwhelm anybody I don't um, it's not not my like absolute area of expertise where like mm -hmm. I wake up every morning and I'm talking about cycles and, and menstrual flow and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely there. And, and for someone who lost their period for a number of years around a lot of it was linked to food and exercise. Obviously it's a, a sensitive topic for me that I never want to allow people to ignore, but I wouldn't say it's something that we like focus on. Um, with that all being said though, at the end of the day, if we are hungry, which we are extra hungry around that time, if we're emotional and we just need to like crush a whole packet of Oreos, like we do it and we support it and we get around each other and cheer it. And then we get back the next day and we see how we're feeling. Just try and continue to be our best self. There's no like, oh, you had your period and you ate that. Like that's not part of what we're doing. I love it. And really what you're saying is that you're, you're intuitively teaching women to listen to their bodies and trust that if, if you're hungry, like eat something, like listen to it. And if you indulge, enjoy it, right? We, we can make things so much harder on ourselves when we bring in that shame cycle or that judgment. And it really is just about honoring our complexity and being with what arises without this secondary negative emotion married to it. Like you can actually be with sadness, be with grief, be with confusion, be with that ravenous part of you and meet it with compassion and curiosity and softness. And it, that's just what makes everything flow more easily. So true. And the other thing is like, instead of the, the guilt part is interesting that you talk about, because in my opinion, like one of the most polar opposites to these guilty feelings are these like ecstatic, like happy, joyful feelings. And yeah. so when we're thinking about we instantly as women we're like oh i feel so guilty i ate that whole cake and it must be because it's a time of the month it's like let's flip this for a second 
how much joy did that bring you because you are in your comfy romper and you're on the couch and lights are out and you're watching your favorite show and you demolished a whole cake like how like life is for living and like how much joy did that bring you it's not going to be detrimental to your results and your overall goals where you're going so it's like eat the cake, let's go. There's no need to like have that layer of guilt because when we look at how much joy that brought, it's like, that's an area that I love diving into with people because they've never been asked that question on any diet, on any program, on anything. It's like, there's always that guilt of like, oh, I went off, I, I fell off the wagon, I, I went off track, I this, I that. It's like, no, you didn't. Like how much fun was that? How much joy did that bring you? And so now let's focus on that, let it go. And we're focusing on like going forward from here. But that yeah. joy piece, the opposite of the, the the guilt i think when we start looking at food that way it, it becomes a lot easier to sort of handle that demon that's inside us totally yeah and what i love about that is that it's actually teaching people that no matter what you eat if you have a fear or a shame or a guilt reaction or response to it you're actually feeding your body a signal that it's not safe and it's going to actually digest that food differently than if you are like, that was awesome. That was so much fun. Like, oh, maybe I ate a little more than I needed. Like, okay, it felt, I stopped feeling joy after about 20 bites and that's okay. I noticed it. Like, what am I going to do with that energy today? And really keep yourself in that open, expansive state so that you can utilize what you ingested and that your body can actually metabolize it and digest it instead of it getting stored somewhere undigested because your body froze up with fear or guilt. And when we move into those states, our system doesn't work properly. It's, it, all of our energy moves to our limbs, ready to fight or, or flee or, or shut down completely. And when we move into that kind of state, our whole system is reacting to that. So I love that you focus on that. I think that's such an important part of really ensuring that we, we get the most out of everything that we ingest. Totally. And the other part to mention, I know you love talking brain chemicals, but like mm -hmm. our, you know, our, our cortisol levels when we are under stress. And so what that can look like is eating the whole bag of chips and then feeling really guilty about it and carrying that into the next day and pounding it out on the treadmill. When we put our body under that stress, our cortisol levels rise for women that's very much linked to our fat storing hormone. And mm -hmm. so we are on this vicious cycle of like trying to burn the fat and like feeling guilty about it. And we're doing it actually in reverse where it's like you say, just like, let it be, let it digest, like give it a smile. And then let's keep those other levels at bay. So you actually stand a chance in my opinion. Yeah, that's it. So wise. Yeah. Cause even that, you know, the image of like, just banging it out in the gym like yeah that's but that's really intense there's a lot of cortisol in your system when you're doing that so if you're meeting intensity with intensity you're amping yourself up and you're actually you're not giving your body the space it needs for that rest and digest like you're not digesting food banging it out in the gym like that's that serves a completely different purpose it's you know i love just being able to bookend experiences of of you know even these these positive stress exercises of taking a cold shower every day and doing really activated breath work every single day. But what makes it powerful is that before and after I find just true calm and peace and restoration. So that I'm teaching my body how to get activated and then how to chill the fuck out. Like that's what makes it complete. If it's just one or the other, we're missing out on 
this other really important part of what it is to be human. Oh, so true. And it sounds, you know, I, I understand that that sounds lovely to people listening. They're like, you know, I am going to do that. But how do you get from where you are right now with your busy life and your stressful life and everything going on? And I will just say like, it takes some time. It takes some work and it takes trying it out a little bit and falling and failing and crawling and getting back up. And so, you know, you hear Marin and I speaking about this, but we've been in this work for years and years and years mm -hmm. and we're still learning and we're still growing. So for people wanting to like try that on for size, just be patient and obviously reach out to us if you need help or support because we will talk about that till we're 95 years old and, and blue hair and and living our best lives but <laughs> it's like don't try and expect it to go from where you are right now to being able to have that in my opinion that sort of control and, and awareness because it takes time to learn that and and my mine and i know yours Marin, like the experiences come from doing it a lot of the years the wrong way in my in like oh yeah Oh that, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, don't worry, been there, done it all. And you just, you learn and you grow each time and you get better and better at it. Yeah. So true. Like that's how you really understand the map, right? If you only know the, the exact one route that gets you to where you want to be like, well, that's great when all conditions are perfect and you have control of everything, but to truly be able to have this as a lifestyle that's adaptable and buoyant it means you make wrong turns and you go, you know, one direction for a little while. And then you realize like, wow, there's a dead end here, or this leads to a cliff or, you know, I'm surrounded by some really scary stuff right now. Okay. I need a backtrack, but then you have this visceral experience in your body of really understanding how to navigate. So I, I think that's, that's such an important reminder is yeah, it's so easy when we're talking about it. And I'll have these moments of um, deja vu, even of like how, how lost I felt for so long and how confusing it was and how frustrated and how upset I could get at myself when I was making the same mistake over and over again. And, and then to be in this position now where I just feel completely different. Like I still make mistakes. I'm no one's perfect, but even with that, I have different reactions to it. I'm not as hard on myself. And, uh, and when you understand enough about how your mind and body works, it makes it a lot easier to, to respond with, with compassion and to, to understand the process of growth. Right. It's, you know, and so this is when it comes to happy chemicals, I think it's such a nice, complement into into this work of understanding well not only what I'm ingesting for food is what's supporting the quality of my experience but it's also how I think and and what else am I ingesting through my senses and recognizing that everything I ingest a thought a tv show music the, the air I breathe the people I'm around the environment I'm in all of these things are the building blocks of the quality of your experience, right? So I, I read a book recently uh, by, I'm just seeing if I have it nearby, by Ross Ellenhorn. Um, where did I put it? And uh, it's not nearby. Oh, wait, yeah. I just want to make sure I get the title right. Here it is. Ross Ellenhorn. So this book is called how we change and 10 reasons why we don't. Mm. 
Hmm. And I listened to a podcast uh, a month or two ago where he was being interviewed and it was just such a fascinating perspective on change. He focuses on why the impulse to stay the same is so strong. And, and when we really understand why sameness or why staying the same is such a, a valid thing to do, it actually changes our experience in uh, how we pursue change. So it's, it's basically this, always coming back to this non-dualistic quality of to create the change desire, first you need to just love and accept who and where you are. And to get into that spot where you recognize I'm not choosing one over the other, it really is about holding both, recognizing both are valid and beautiful. And that by accepting who and where I am and loving who and where I am, that doesn't make me passive. It actually creates space and energy to pursue this change. Because when we focus and fixate too much on what we want to change and who we want to be and how we want to feel, and we're not also really being real about where we are and, and how this has served us and where there's good, we, that's, we start stepping on just a different kind of roller coaster. Right? It, it's really about this balanced pursuit of change. And so I, you know, he has a couple quotes that I'll, I'll read and then I'll, I'll go into um, these building blocks of macronutrients for, for the brain. Um, so this is from Ross Ellenhorn. He says, as the science on resources shows, when you don't feel you belong, you don't have a purpose, and you feel you lack a role in contributing to humanity's projects, and thus don't know whether you are worth something to others, your social organ becomes parched, begins to malfunction, and you lose motivation and fortitude. Right? So to me, this is really about, you can't just will and grit and force yourself into change. Like there's actually some scaffolding that's really important to support you in this process. So for me, that's this understanding that this is not, if you're not doing what you keep saying you're going to do, it's not a lack of discipline or a lack of will or a lack of effort. It could be that you don't feel you belong or you don't feel you have worth or you don't feel supported or you don't feel resourced or there might be a fear of, well, if I create this change, then then people are going to expect me to always show up that way. And that's scary. That's overwhelming. Like there, there's so many complex reasons why we kind of get in our own way, which I just find so fascinating. Uh, so I'll speak to these four chemicals. First of all, acetylcholine. Uh, this is one that I hadn't really focused on in the past. Like even in my book three years ago, I talk about dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin as really important chemicals. But acetylcholine is a really fascinating one when it comes to change. So we could even walk through this as, as an example. When you're working with a client and you first get them to really land on, like, what's the goal? Like, what do you desire in your life? How do you want to feel? What does that look like? Uh, what are we working towards? So that's the first really important step to change. And that's when this chemical acetylcholine is released and it starts to coat these neural pathways that you just lit up with desire, right? So really seeing where I'm going, what's my goal, that's acetylcholine. It starts to just coat those pathways, almost like leaving a, like a crumb trail of like, this is what I want. It just starts to highlight it. 
So what happens next in the change process is that, well, then comes in the work, right? Now I actually have to do some stuff and it can be really uncomfortable and there's agitation and there's confusion and there's frustration. And really what that is, is that you have super highways in your brain right now that are leading to your current habits, whether they're healthy, optimal or not, doesn't matter. If it's something you've done in the past continually, there's a super highway to it. And so when you start doing something different, practicing a new habit, trying on something, a new perspective, that's the agitation is your brain being like, what's going on? Like there's a super highway going over here. Why are you being so inefficient with your energy and trying to pave this new pathway, right? It, to the brain, it's going to resist it. It doesn't make sense. It's discombobulated. It doesn't flow the way this other habit flows. So agitation and confusion and frustration is actually a really important part of the change process. And for so many people, that's where they bow out because like, oh, this is hard. Like, I, you know, and then we go into stories of, I don't have time for this. This is too hard. And, but to recognize it's not always going to be hard. This is actually like respond with, oh, it's working. Like that's complete, it completely changes your experience in it suddenly to recognize this is an important part of the process. So after some agitation and frustration, whether it's for a few days, a few hours, um, it can ebb and flow here as you continue to change. But eventually for some people, they'll tap into more of a sense of flow within their activity. Whether again, it's on that same day after you've stayed with it for a little while, or it could just be some days it feels like flow, other days it just feels like agitation. So the really important part here, and this comes from Andrew Huberman, is he says, for, for the change to actually set in, it's, it happens in the restoration after the effort. So those pathways that were just coated with acetylcholine, that's the first step of neuroplasticity. But if you don't go through the agitation the, the adrenaline, the uncomfortable nature of it, and then move into restoration with simply toggling your eyes side to side to let your body know you're safe, or do a meditation, or yoga nidra, uh, have a nap, get out in nature, do something that then really downregulates your nervous system. That's actually when the neuroplasticity takes effect. That's when the change actually happens. So for people who get stuck in this like hustle, hustle, hustle mode, they're actually doing themselves a disservice. Like you're, yeah, you're pumping, you're getting the acetylcholine, you're, you know, paving, starting to pave new neural pathways, but then it just gets washed away in a storm because there's no time for it to actually set into place. Right? So, so that's acetylcholine of understanding the process of change and a building block of your experience is that like that really interesting high and low of creating change. So when it comes to dopamine and you know, my, my business is called dopamine. So dopamine was like my favorite happy chemical when I first started learning about it. But basically dopamine comes into play when, when you feel that agitation, dopamine actually comes into your system at that point to remember that agitation as long as there's a reward associated with it. Like I'm on the right path, right? That simple 
simple mindset shift when you're feeling agitation as you're working towards something to say like, oh, this is an important part of the process. I'm on the right path. You're bringing in the growth mindset. You're actually bringing dopamine, releasing dopamine in your body. And then your body actually remembers that form of agitation as important because it leads to the reward of I'm on the right path, right? So dopamine is really a reward system um, that motivates you and keeps you going. And so in those moments of agitation, when you can actually like settle and remember I'm on the right path, this is the way that I change, that actually buffers down the adrenaline that otherwise would make us stop. It becomes too much. It buffers it so we can keep going. Like dopamine is what allows us to keep going, what allows us to keep moving, what allows us to stay motivated, to see our goal and keep recognizing I'm one step closer, right? So dopamine is such a good feeling. Um, it's the joy of finding or seeing what you seek, right? It's so we, evolutionarily, it was like, I'm, I'm working hard and, uh, you know, maybe I'm a hunter gatherer looking for berries in this example. And then I find a, 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 a patch of berries and I just get lit up with excitement. And now my mind and body has a map of how I got to these berries right? That's what it's for. It's to help us survive. So serotonin is um, the chemical of, of having what you need, it's like feeling resourced and supported. So it can feel like a sense of status, but it really is status in the sense of like, I'm supported. I have everything I need in this moment. Uh, so actually, John Rady, this is one of my favorite quotes about serotonin to give you, because they're all complex, right, all these chemicals. So he says, serotonin has been called the brain's police force. It is an ever-ready chemical restraint system that when bolstered with Prozac or other serotonin-increasing agents may bring about the desired result of lowering violence and aggression, right? Because when we feel resource and supported, there's not as much of a need to be in that protective, defending, impulsive, fearful state. It actually lowers that so we feel connected and open to the people around us. Um, so yeah, serotonin affects so many different things. The majority of this neurotransmitter is produced in the digestive tract, which is a really interesting thing. While these other chemicals, generally we speak about them as being brain, like neurotransmitters, neurochemicals. Yet serotonin, 90% of serotonin, the transmitters are, are in the gut, right? Fascinating. Um, and then oxytocin. Oxytocin is the love chemical. So it is all about bond and trust, trusting ourselves, trusting other people, um, feeling in community, feeling supported as well. Uh, one of my favorite things about um, oxytocin is that it, you know, yeah, when you're cuddling or you're in love with someone, you get oxytocin, um, a new baby being born, there's a burst of oxytocin that bonds the mother and child and the father and child um, or other mother and child. And it's also produced, I think we've done this before, back in pre-COVID days, the 20-second hug, right? When you really are just like holding someone heart to heart and like feel connected, that boosts oxytocin. Like you just feel open. And, and connected to that person. So there are different ways to produce all of these on a natural basis, like different micronutrients. Um, but in general, what they all have in common 
uh, meditation. And like, it, it's what we naturally produce when we find ourselves in that flow of working towards something and then allowing ourselves to rest and be connected and open. These are just natural chemicals that our, our body will, some people of course have disorders that get in the way, but in general for most people. Um, yeah, so that was a lot. I'm curious to hear what stood out to you or what, what comes up for you after listening to, to me go off on that for a little while. I love it. And I don't know if it's just because I'm in like client um, headspace right now, just because we've been talking about, you know, macronutrients and things like that. But it's very interesting because I almost for every single client notice the similar trends that you've been speaking about, you know, they're mm. excited about something. They're like talking to, you know, the community or me about what their goals are and what life would look like if they actually achieved those things. And so that's like the beginning. And then there's this part where it's like, this is hard. And I always say to people, give me two weeks, like lean in, trust, learn, don't be perfect. Like, but in two weeks time, I assure you, if you're not loving this and you want to reevaluate everything, you can, but just do your best for two weeks. And it's normally that time frame where people are then seeing things, they're noticing things themselves. They're no longer just believing, you know, a testimonial that they've read or someone sitting on the other side of the screen from them telling them this is how it's going to go. They're actually feeling that and noticing that. And so it's like kind of like you were saying um, mm. that, that, kind of like, oh, I'm getting that dose of like actually believing this and that little thing of like, oh, I found the berries and like, they weren't just telling me that they were there. I found them with my own, you know, hands yeah. and my eyes. And so it's just very interesting to see you take it on that journey. And I can see it translate so much to the people that I get to work with. They are very much in every single one of those parts of their brain, mm. like those chemicals go down for them. And I truly believe that over time you just get better at recognizing them. You get better at responding to them and processing them. And myself included, there's still layers of it where I'm like, Oh yeah, that is why I did that. And it's because of this. It's not because of, you know, necessarily even a habit. It's because of that like powerful brain chemical and that neuron that's like wired that way. That's exactly why I responded in that way. And sort of, you just become more aware and able to process, but it's very interesting to see how they all kind of work together and how they're all very equally as important, but gosh, mm -hmm. in a busy world, it's so hard to really realize what's all going on in that like complex matter. Yeah, totally. And I think that's a really important piece there that you just mentioned of, you know, the busyness and the chaos of our external world is, is a mirror of what's happening in the internal, yeah. right? So if you think your life is busy, and chaotic and you keep forgetting things or dropping balls like that's what's going on in your brain too it's it's matching the environment that's its job is to try to match the frequency of what's going on outside of us like what a beautiful wise system and it also for me in the beginning of learning all this there was a lot of moments of like oh no like if my body is matching my environment and if this chaos I'm perceiving in the world is actually more of a mirror of the chaos in my mind, like that tells me that I need to start taking more um, responsibility of creating space to actually slow my internal pendulum down, slow my brain waves down so that I feel more organized and coherent. I can trust 
my body more because I know when I'm calm and relaxed, um, not all day, that's not what we need, but the moments of that, that the inner healer actually just like does its job. I don't need to try to heal. I don't need to try to create all these chemicals. Yeah, there's lots of things I can do, like certain people to be around, practices, foods to ingest. But when it comes down to it, it's, it's all it's all the same stuff. Like when you look at what's, what's a healthy diet, what's a balanced healthy diet, your macros and your micros, you're going to be getting all of these happy chemicals through your food, right? And when you think about what makes a, a balanced day in general, like, you know, all the things, and I think of like an ideal day, the people I want to be around, the things I want to do, you're producing all of your happy chemicals in those things. Right. So understanding them to me has really helped me recognize like, oh, I already do all these different things. And so that way I can be more mindful. Like when I'm, you know, connecting with a friend, I know this is really good for my nervous system and I'm getting more oxytocin. I'm feeling really good. Like this, this sense of uh, dopamine and serotonin is moving into my system because I feel supported. I feel self-efficient in my ability to articulate and to not be hard on myself if I mess up or I don't get it perfect. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm also in this place of uh, paving new paths of not knowing where this conversation is going to go and not having it all mapped out. So there's a little bit of occasional, uh, not agitation in the sense of like, I don't want to be here, but there's a little bit of that activation, right? So knowing it and being able to see it and feel it, helps me actually be mindful. There's so much to pay attention to, right? How can my mind wander? How can I focus on something that is not serving me when there's this rich plethora of sensation and understanding of tracking my nervous system, noticing how I'm breathing and all of these really beautiful, important chemicals that are released when I allow myself to stay open to what's happening in the now. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. I agree with you. And I think that for some people, that means slowing things down. For other people, I think it just means exploring what allows you to have those same feelings. Some people, you know, meditation and having a free schedule and, and those sorts of things won't necessarily do it for them. Potentially, mm -hmm. it's finding ways to make sure, you know, outside time, undistracted time, reading, like these other things as well that I know people can tap into to help them. Like everyone's so different. And mm -hmm. I think it's just like when you have that awareness that you're speaking about, that's when, that's when real change can start to happen because you're just so much more aware of like why you're feeling the way you're feeling, why you're responding the way you're responding, why you're talking to yourself the way you're talking to yourself. And, and I don't think it's ever you arrive. You never get to a point where you're like, for me anyway, oh, I've done it all. I've mastered all of my chemicals inside. I eat perfectly. And this is my like amazing, perfect life. It's like, no, like my tummy hurts sometimes. And I know that I ate like something that it didn't love. And I was way too busy yesterday and I didn't have any time for me to just calm my system. Like it's not about arriving and being perfect, but you mm -hmm. just that awareness piece gives you the tools in my opinion that you need to be able to make choices, make decisions and, and live that better life that you want to live. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that I, you know, yesterday, I had a pretty open day. And but I had a, a three hour workshop um, that I'm a, a student in, I'm taking another training. And um, I kept my whole morning, you know, I was reading and writing and 
uh, you know, very engaged and actually quite activated without realizing it because I was so focused and so in on what I was doing. And then I went and had a workout and like was lifting weight and listening to this really inspiring podcast at the same time. And these are all really good things. But I was still in this like escalation of, of activation. I hadn't taken the time to like really ground myself, which is for me, it is a lot harder when it's it's the good feeling of like, no, I feel really good. I feel really energized. But there's still activation in my system. So as soon as I sat down at two o'clock, it was like, you know, showered quickly and it was like 159. So I'm like rushing and, you know, ended up being a few minutes late. So when I turned it on, I sat down and they're catching up and I could just feel as I sat down and looked at these 10 beautiful women for talking about myofascial yoga and I was like vibrating, you know? And, and so when we were going through and doing our check-ins of, you know, what, what stood out from you yesterday. And so what I said was I voiced, um, I know my pattern is to override my nervous system to like bypass it and be like, no, I'm good. I'm like, no. And then, you know, just try to, to function and, and be, meet people where they're at. And, and so for me, it was this beautiful opportunity to voice that of like, I know this is my pattern and I am feeling really activated right now. And like even more so because everyone is so chill. So for me to go from activation into like watching everyone's pendulums moving so slowly, it activated me even more because it was such a leap to try to get there. So by voicing it and then saying like, I don't remember anything from yesterday. Like I'm like, I'm just trying to get into my body and get grounded. And, and it was just, it was so well received. And then it gives everyone else permission to go like, Oh, like, where am I at? Right. To be, to feel like you can just show up where you, where you are and speak to it instead of like, I'm going to put on my mask and, you know, connect like sometimes that's appropriate, but really watching for patterns and knowing your patterns so you can voice it and then regulate yourself versus bypassing what you're feeling to try to just meet people where they're at. Yeah, totally. Couldn't agree more. Mm. Mm, so good. So good. Well, do you, do you have any questions about, about happy chemicals or anything that like stands out to you of any like threads that have been dropped? I don't think so. I love that. I love that you sort of gave them examples of like how they're actually showing up and instead of it, like, cause they all have like such complicated names and like such, you know, complex things that they're all responsible for. But I think that, no, it was, it was awesome just to hear you explain them and dive into them and, and see, I was, I was wondering if there was going to be like way more of a crossover between like these things in our brain and the foods that we're consuming. And I'm certain that there is, and that that's another conversation mm -hmm. based on, our knowledge and, and what we know and, and how we know it. But I think that it's just so, I think the biggest takeaway for me anyway, is just like that awareness around them and just like knowing that we can somewhat control them, but that awareness piece is really where it starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I think it would be interesting now that we have kind of opened up this conversation to, to kind of, yeah, take this offline and play with it. Like, if I were, you know, in theory, we're going to match up the macros with like serotonin, oxytocin and dopamine, like, is there a partnership? And it's always complex, right? We don't want to minimize it and pretend that it's simple, but sometimes doing that and playing with like, oh, there are similarities here. And then talking about how they're different 
uh, I think that could be really neat. And you know, I have two. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah, just one of the things that I know from, you know, struggling with an eating disorder, um, mm. and more specifically, you know, a binge eating disorder, one of the biggest things that makes it so hard to break from a binge is because of the chemicals that's being released in your brain when that action is happening. And so for me, one of the biggest things that I struggled with was when I binge and have that episode where I consume, you know, 20, 30,000 calories at once and completely numb it's actually releasing a, it was releasing a chemical for me in my brain that was happiness and that was like joyful. And so when I then am in a state where my body is searching for that, because it wants to keep us happy, it wants to keep us safe. It wants to keep mm. us those, those, that, that state of mind. It really wants to go back to that binge. It really wants to go back to that food. And so to break that is extremely difficult because it's, it's the power of those chemicals. And so this is not right. just some, this is not some like pink fluffy chemical stuff that's going around. This, this is some powerful, powerful things that, you know, for me uh, was a part of struggling with an eating disorder for so many years and not being able to get away from it because I actually didn't have in me the power or the tools or what I needed to break those patterns. I just, even though I tell myself every single morning I wake up the next day, I'm never going to binge again. I'm never going to eat that much food again. I'm never going to numb out in front of the fridge. It, you, I couldn't, uh, like I couldn't outsmart my brain. I couldn't mm -hmm. tell myself because it's such a powerful chemical and tool. And it, it was, it was your survival mechanism, right? I can relate so much. I had also a, a, a many different forms of an eating disorder, but a, you know, binging was part of mine as well. And and why I fell in love with dopamine was this understanding that when I feel certain things, my body had learned that well, food makes me feel good, right? It, it was like that was the reward of like when you feel this type of agitation my brain and your brain was leading you towards like, well, here's your berry patch. It's, yeah. it's the numb out in front of the fridge. And yeah, it did feel good. It felt like it um, satisfies initially, <laughs> but then it becomes this spiral of, of moving out of control. And it's like, oh, the next bite might feel good too. But the thing with happy chemicals is that we, that first bite, like nothing beats the first bite. And so then we start chasing that feeling like it's the next bite, it's going to be the next bite. And, and that's just not how it works. Right. So yeah, that's a really interesting part of it is you can't by knowing the, the power of that response and that it's not something to get angry at, but we need to replace the reward. Right. There are other ways to, to get that satisfaction. And so it's teaching the body that when I feel that form of agitation that usually leads me down the path towards numbing out in front of the fridge, I need to have some other checkpoints that are actually gonna to detour me into a different way of finding some reward or satisfaction. And it's so hard at first when that neural pathway is just like a super highway to the fridge, yeah. right? Yeah. 100%. And it's really hard to replace it with things that are equally as joyful as consuming food. So it's like, you know, that's a process in itself. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, um, I did relate serotonin and dopamine to a couple other things that I wanted to share of that. I, you know, I already mentioned that the growth mindset is, is a dopamine release, right? So 
um, that notion of like, I'm on the right path. I'm one step closer. Um, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. This is about improving myself. I have nothing to prove. Like these little mindset reminders actually produce dopamine, like make me feel like, okay, I got it. I've got the motivation. Uh, and it also can be related to a sense of hope, right? When you, when you have hope, like even when things feel lost, right? I don't necessarily have what I need, but I, like I have this sense of hope, you know, that also produces dopamine. It's this feeling of like, everything's going to be okay. Right. And with serotonin, it can be related to faith, right? Very similar to hope, but it's different. It's like, I have, I have faith in my ability. Like there's some action behind that of like, I, there's, yeah, there's this trust, this faith. It's, and it's that balance of the self-efficacy and the social support. Like that's what helps me have faith and that's what produces more serotonin that is also one of those good feeling happy chemicals like it you know so sometimes it's just taking stock in your life and recognizing how supported you actually are or you know a hobby that you're really good at that if you continue practicing that and feel really efficient in it that also boosts your serotonin makes you feel like they're um you have a, a higher sense of worth and value simply because you're a master of something. It doesn't matter what it is, right? If you feel masterful, it's going to feel good. And, and so I'll finish with this one quote from Ross Ellenhorn. Hope holds you together while you struggle with feeling that you lack something important, something you need, and it keeps you going even when you don't get this need met immediately. And hope is dopamine. <laughs> mm. so good i wish we had microphones to drop <laughs> that'd be a perfect way to conclude uh, uh lucy thank you for joining me on this little circus adventure of um macronutrients mm. thanks for thanks for taking me on the ride i love it yeah. whenever, whenever you uh you know, when you message of like, you know, we should sort of connect again and then do this again, like instantly, there was like happy chemicals, just like, yeah, let's do it. I don't care what it is. I don't care when it needs to happen. Like, let's, let's do it. So yeah. like, honestly, thank you for having me on. And thank you for also creating space for these important conversations, because I know that we both share this belief that even if one person hears this, and even if one person listens to this and starts doing something a little bit differently to help their quality of life today, like, and tomorrow, then we've done what we're here to do in my opinion. And so I think that it's just awesome that you keep creating the space and the, the way to get the, these conversations out to people. And, and I really hope that like people enjoy it. I'm excited to hear what people think of it when they listen. Mm, same. Yeah. Thank you for that. I really, I just appreciate you and I'm so grateful for you that I have you in my life. Likewise, right back at mm. you always so good well anything anything left unsaid anything you want to share or let people know or does that feel complete yeah i think we uncovered a lot here and unpacked a lot obviously i, I think i mentioned it but if people have questions if people want to chat further about this like reach out to us um i know we're pretty social uh sorry active on social um and so i'm on their instagram as at dunbells and if you want to reach out to me and talk macronutrients 
I am more than happy to have that conversation because I know it can be confusing for people. Um, and that's, you know, no strings attached, just like start the conversation. Let's talk about it. And if there's anything I can do to help people, I, I just want to make sure your community feels like they know that they have some options if they're like excited to learn more about that part. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll put your contact info and Instagram in the show notes so people have easy access and uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Love it. You're the best. Thank you so much. Uh, for doing oh, my pleasure. Thank you for joining me. And thank you everyone for uh, sticking with us to the end. We appreciate you and uh, yeah, happy to hear any questions or any insights that pop up as you listen and digest this conversation. All right. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on social media at Dopamine, that's D-O-P-E-A-M-E, or on my website under that same title, dopamine.com. Please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it, and do not hesitate to reach out if you have questions or comments. I would love to hear what you want to learn more about. So until next time, love big and play big. Peace.